We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, people. Welcome to the Guilty as Charged live Q&A. I'm Maddie Schmidt, super excited to be here, and I'm joined by Alex and Tyler today. Unfortunately, Stephen couldn't make it this morning, but it's okay. We've got you guys covered. How are y'all today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm good. What about um, you, Alex? I'm, I'm doing good. I was going to say, before you said Stephen was out, I was going to be like, wait, Stephen looks a little different today. I, he doesn't usually look like that, but... No, uh, Steven's out of town, so we're handling the q and Yep, not Steven. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> by the way, everyone, Maddie's been crushing it this week. I talked about her interview with Trevor Sikama, which you guys have already watched, which is great. A little bit of insider information for somebody else. More interviews on the way and all that good stuff. So happy to have you here, Maddie, to do this Q&A for us. Well, I'm happy to be here. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Feel free to go ahead, put all your Chargers-related questions in the chat and we'll get to them today. But first, you guys ready to jump in? I'm ready, let's do it. All right, we're gonna start with some Patreon questions. So Andrew Romano wants to know, what kind of compensation can we get if we trade back out of the 17 spot for moving back three, five, or five plus spots? Okay, so I was a total dork. I made an entire video way ahead of time for this and I will never, go over it because I hate it. But I do have options for everyone to see visually on the screen because I'm a nerd. So you can trade. I'll just kind of give you the skinny on the whole thing. So you can trade back three spots with the Steelers who might want a quarterback. Uh, if you trade back three spots in the first round, you can kind of flip your fourth rounder into a third rounder, move up about 40 spots. You could trade back with the Saints, but I didn't want to include that because now they have Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. So not going to happen. Could trade back 15 spots with the Lions, and you could basically get two third round picks, which I think the Lions could do because they could keep the 34th overall pick. And that would just let them, you know, almost have a first round pick, still get somebody, you know, a pretty good value. The difference between 32 for them and 34 isn't all that much. So they get to have a really, really good pick at 17. They just give up two third rounders. I think they'd be okay with that. And then finally, if you want to, I don't think they'll do this. But if the Chiefs want to dance with the devil, if the Chiefs want to go ahead and help out their guy, you could trade back, swap thirds, and get the 50th overall pick in the second round. So that's a video that I will never share because I did it, and I sometimes I do them, and I just like, eh, not going to do it. But the I'm information is there. Yeah, you know, thank you. Alex, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Tyler consulted the, the nerd chart, and the nerd chart spoke these values into him. So, I mean, it's very good uh, that he made that PowerPoint. And, I mean, I think it makes sense to trade back, uh, given the value. And, uh, you know, the Lions one kind of wouldn't surprise me if they want to go up and, and grab a quarterback and still maintain all that draft capital plus their second-round pick. Where's your PowerPoint? Uh, I didn't. I didn't bring one today. Didn't didn't bring one today. Uh, that that's just that's just Tyler's thing. I don't do powerpoints. It's okay. We'll forgive you this time. Yeah, I'd be okay. surprised if something happened with the Chiefs trading there. Don't see that happening. 
Um, another Patreon question, Bill Breland, if we stay at 17, would you rather add a defensive piece like McDuffie or give Herbert a weapon like Williams or Olave? Assume that we addressed right tackle at some point this free agency. Alex, go for it. You can do yeah, your presentation if you want. Yeah, I mean, if people know what my answer is, it's offense. Um, I mean, this is kind of a version of like the Jamar Chase Panay Sewell discussion, but I mean, really, the Chargers address defense really heavily in free agency. If they didn't go get uh, J.C. Jackson and if they didn't address their needs, then I think this would be a pretty open and shut case to go get a corner, to go get a McDuffie or Booth. But this is an offensive league, and you could see just the difference that one offensive player makes in, in Jamar Chase for the Bengals. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson is that, but adding that to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in an offensive league is just, uh, I, I don't think you could pass that up. Or Jameson Williams if he is there. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. If, like the question says, we address right tackle at some point in free agency, then sure, go for it with wide receiver. But I just don't see them addressing in a legitimate way the right tackle position this offseason. So I think we're kind of stuck with whoever's there with Trevor Penning. And to be completely honest, considering, you know, Rashawn Slater worked heavily with Duke Manyweather, the Chargers are probably bringing back Ode Abuji, who worked with Duke Manyweather. Trey Pipkins is now working with Duke Manyweather. Trevor Penning is a Duke Manyweather guy. And I think the Chargers appreciate his input and really trust him to develop and work with their linemen so i do think if penning is there and if duke manyweather says hey i give this guy my stamp of approval and he already has and then obviously to switch from left tackle to right tackle i do think penning is the pick and i think duke manyweather's contribution to that discussion is going to mean a lot so let's say the chargers do address the right tackle issue this free agency which i personally don't see happening at this point mm -hmm. who do you guys think would come to la uh, I, I mean, everyone's put in Chris Olave as the favorite at this point. I don't blame them for doing that. I don't know. I, I just feel like with the investment in Josh Palmer and sort of how they feel about Jalen Guyton, and they're going to have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for the next three years, I don't know if they'll actually invest a first-rounder in a wide receiver or a speedy, deep-threat sort of guy. We've all been saying it. You know, We've all been fans for years, and we say, hey, let's get this receiver. Let's get this receiver. Let's get this receiver. And they never have. Like We always assume mm -hmm. they're going to go after this prototype that we want, but they never do. So to me, I think it could actually just be a, a surprise pick. It could even be a guard. It could be Davis. It could be... like I think everyone wants receiver, but I don't know if the Chargers feel that they need one. Yeah, I, I also don't know if it has to be like a position-based thing. I mean, the way that Telesco's worked in the draft, he's kind of ignored analytics to some degree and been like, I want to go get Melvin Gordon and Kenneth Murray in the first round, which have worked to varying degrees. Um, but you know, he'll, he'll do that, uh, and go get his player regardless of the position. So if they do fill out right tackle and then you're stuck there with wide receiver corner, I think he just takes BPA at that point, uh, which is kind of what he did prior to the Slater draft. Although Slater was both BPA and obviously their, their biggest need at the time. Um, but I do think he'll probably lean heavily BPA if they do get the right tackle. Yeah. I kind of tend to agree with Alex there. It's going to be best player available. Mm -hmm. A couple more questions from Patreon before we move into the chat. Riley Williams says Merriman hinted at another big signing. What do you think happens here? And separately, what would you guys want to happen? It's so tough with Merriman because you hear some of these former Chargers guys and former Chargers def defenders say, hey, I heard this person is coming here. Alex, we know about Fletcher Cox and Sean Phillips said, hey, right. you know, oh, I heard he's going to come to the Chargers and it just never happened. Although I think the Eagles basically prevented that from happening. Yeah. Um, so Merriman saying that the Chargers are 100% going to make another big move. It's possible. I just don't know if I buy it. And the name that I got was Stefan Gilmore. But like I explained in the video that I made, I don't buy that happening. It would like I asked Arjun, like, how, how what percentage would you give this? He said 5%. And so to me, it's like, it's possible, I guess, but I, I really don't see it happening. So what would I want to happen? So what do I what do I think happens? I think nothing happens. I'll be honest. I think nothing happens in terms of a big name. What would I want to happen? Edge three. But I was talking to Gavino about this yesterday in our live stream. There's just nobody left. Like I would like them to get a veteran. It's not going to be a big move, but I'd like to get some sort of veteran because they don't have anything. I don't believe in Chris Rumpf to be an edge three right now. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking me what I would want, I would 
go with Tyron Matthew. I mean, if if the value does drop so much to the point where you can get him on a relatively cheap deal compared to where people thought he would be before free agency, I think that that's the move. Um, as far as believing Sean Merriman, I feel like if he had a real report, he would put it on Twitter and not TikTok. But that's just kind of me, uh, you know, in terms of breaking news and, and getting all that engagement. Uh, so, you know, I sort of think nothing happens as well, although, you know, you never know who's who's connected and who's not. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I would like to see it if there is a big move, be Tyron Matthew or someone like that. Although I think Merriman gave himself a lot of like, if something does happen and it's a lot smaller than anticipated, he was like, it's not going to be as big as Khalil Mack. So he gave himself a little bit of margin for error there, uh, which is kind of a qualifier. But uh, no, I'd like to see uh, some investment in the secondary, whether that was Gilmore or Matthew. All right. Um, Plie Trap, excuse me if I mispronounce your first name there, but he wants to know if we drafted Zion Johnson at 17, what would that mean for right tackle? Alex, you say it first because I don't want to say it and admit what happens. Uh, what do you want me to say? <laughs> oh, I, I assume we'd be on the same page. What, what do you think happens at right tackle? Um, if they put Zion Johnson, at, I mean, mm, do it. Pro- prob- probably Filer. I guess at that point. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's what kind of poppers insinuated. I mean, or or we're just circling the drain with Norton and Pipkins. <laughs> um, that's the other alternative. Um, but that's what I think happens to right tackle. I I think if they really invest in guard seriously in the draft, then they probably make that switch. But yeah, no, I I don't think it's going to happen just because I I do think they'll probably get like a. I don't think they're going to go guard in the first round. I don't think so either. Um, obviously, we'll see, and that that could just be the hole that they're they're missing. I for some reason I read this question as like, okay, if Ode Abuchi's not back and they drop Zion Johnson, what do they do at right tackle? But I guess you're right. Like they could put Zion Johnson at left guard, Filer at right tackle, Abuji at right guard. Mm-hmm. It's possible. I just don't see it happening. I really think that we're trying to put these pieces together for Matt Filer to move to right tackle again. Like, oh, that makes sense to us, but I don't really think it makes sense to the Chargers and. I don't buy that they would actually do it. Yeah. That's about it for Patreon questions now. So we're going to move right on over to the chat. First off, shout out to Supercharger2197 for your Khalil Mack jersey arriving. I'm quite jealous. All right. Do you guys buy Cross falling past penning to us? Seems trending that way, according to CCX3. No, <laughs> I, I I think it's possible and anything can happen, you know, with the amount of smoke screens there. But that feels like a play for a team that's like between 14 and 20 who wants cross to fall to them, whether that's the Chargers or another team in that range. Um, but I, I, I just think that cross is like a way better built tackle ready to play now. Um, I think me and Steven both had him at number one or something along those lines when we did our offensive tackle uh, rankings. So for me, I don't buy him falling past Penning, uh, although I guess anything's possible. I guess it could depend on... I don't think Cross is going to fall to the Chargers. I could see Penning going before him if teams really value what he does in the run game over what Cross does. Let's say it's the Ravens, and they're like, we're just going to run the crap out of the football. They might like Penning over Cross, who's going to be more of a pass pro guy, but still like cross is at worst, the third best tackle. And I, I just don't buy that. He's going to fall past penning and to the chargers. Even if it's trending that way, I, I just don't see it happening. The, the class, like even if he was the fourth best tackle, I think somebody's going to reach for cross because after that it's, it's a real dumpster fire. Yeah. I also would be pretty surprised unless something Crazy happens in the next couple weeks. I don't see that happening. Right. All right. Shout out to Envy Talent for the donation. We appreciate your support so much. So he's got a general question for us. How do you guys feel about the new postseason rules? Well, I'm a fan, to be honest. Why? Well, it's just, I don't want to say it's not fair, but it's not fair. And it was just (laughs) so evident this last playoffs with the bills and stuff. It just, it wasn't right. And mm-hmm. I think they made the right call here. I'm 
I'm conflicted on this one. I, I like the new postseason rules, and I, I think it favors offense. So, obviously, getting to see Josh Allen play Patrick Mahomes is what everyone else wants. But I do think it's kind of funny that we're like, oh, Josh Allen didn't get to take the field. And then the next week, everyone was just like, oh, the Bengals are screwed because they didn't win the coin toss. And then they played defense and won. Right. Like, so I don't know. There's part of the competition aspect for me where I think we're kind of favoring the offenses and the quarterbacks in overtime and the defenses are sort of getting left out to dry. But I get why they made the rule change. I don't mind it um, as much. It probably will result in some some longer games and more interesting calculations of teams when they want to go go for two to potentially end the game or not. Um, but I, I do think the discussion of it is kind of funny when we've seen a few instances of teams winning in overtime uh, when they didn't get the ball first. So the rules, each team gets a possession in the postseason, but what happens if they both score? You just keep going? Yes, unless uh, they get the two-point conversion. If they get the two-point conversion, then the game is over, I think, on the first possession. Right. I think some of the, the math junkies said that going for two on that first touchdown is not like what you should be doing, at least mathematically. Yeah. So uh, Staley certainly would. I just don't know. Probably. Oh, um, I mean, we're, we're definitely going to be in some situations where the Chargers get the ball first in overtime, and then we're all like, is he going to go for two or not? <laughs> but um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch when it does happen. All right, moving right along. What are y'all's thoughts on Kayvon Thibodeau's stock taking a hit recently? I mean, not to be this guy, but it sounds like high athletic, just there's always one black athlete who gets this every draft, it seems. Last year, it was Justin Fields. This time, it's Kayvon Thibodeau. Guys are just getting pushed down because of a, a character, mental um drive love for the game sort of thing that is not even kind of evident on tape so to me the stock taking a hit thing i don't buy i don't buy that he's going to go after trayvon walker yeah i i don't buy that he's going to go after trayvon walker either and i'll also you know everything that you hear about the draft is smoke screen season to me <laughs> like you know there's going to be a gm who's like well i want Kayvon Thibodeau at six or seven so i'm gonna hope he falls uh, a little bit further um, I also do think there's just part of draft media that kind of gets bored with the stuff and likes to make up narratives, uh, you know, by the time we're in April around the draft. Uh, I don't buy any of like the character concerns or off the field stuff. I think aside from Aiden Hutchinson, he's the best edge in this class uh, and, you know, a team would be really foolish to pass on him. Completely agree. I wouldn't read too much into that. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be just fine in the draft. All right, Jason A wants to know y'all's thoughts on Barnett. Didn't he resign with the Eagles? Yeah, crazy? Derek Barnett. Yeah, there's been a couple people that have like tweeted me about Derek Barnett, and I'm like, he resigned with the Eagles, and <laughs> I've had to do it a couple times. But yeah, no, he's not currently a free agent anymore, so uh, I don't have any thoughts on him. All right, let's move on. Original one says, well, he says cornerback Kyle Fuller in vet OT and vet edge. So I'm guessing what are our thoughts on Kyle Fuller here? I have no strong feelings on Kyle Fuller. Uh, it's, uh, the Chargers do need another corner in their room. So adding Kyle Fuller, that's yeah, all fine by me. Uh, vet offensive tackle and vet edge. That sounds good to me. The Chargers having holes on their roster and then just filling them sounds great. Uh, whether they do or not, I don't know. I, I honestly think they're done. I think there's of those three, maybe not Kyle Fuller, but a corner. I think there's one more move, but I don't think all three are going to happen. No, I don't think all three are going to happen either. And Kyle, Kyle Fuller is an interesting guy because he does sort of have like the Staley connections a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And the Chargers were, you know, previously kind of going after him before, before the uh, Broncos got him last year. Um, yeah, I, I think out of those three, the vet OT is probably the most likely. I don't think that edge is likely at all. I mean, they could get a guy who's going to be in the vein of... Um, uh, blanking on his name right now who was who was the edge that just left us for the raiders kyler fackrell fackrell i think there's like a guy that can be sort of like a kyler fackrell he could be your edge three edge four kind of guy i don't think they're going to get a vet edge because they're only going to roster four edge players anyway and two of them are joey bosa and khalil Mack. so i don't think there's a lot of role and opportunity for a veteran edge to come here and i also don't think the chargers have a lot of utility for it so i think that's probably a draft concern at this point Tyler, you mentioned maybe you could see one more free agency move happen for the Chargers. Throw a couple names out there that you think might be pretty popular and reasonable. Uh, I mean, 
I would have said Sony Michelle, but then Staley came out and said that we looked at the running back market and we're not all for that. We couldn't find the value there, so not him. Um, because of the, this is the easy answer, but I got to take it because the Chargers just have operated like this. They Staley admittedly said that they want guys that they know, like they want to spend. If they want to spend money on guys, they want to spend on a known commodity, and that's what, kind of what they did with Khalil Mack. That's what they did with Sebastian Joseph Day. So easy answer, but Riley Reef is the one with some connections to the team, or at least to some of the coaches. And so I think that guy, or in a very loose way, Dennis Kelly. Um, I keep saying those two names because those are kind of the two connections that I think are, are left at this point. I wouldn't rule out Kareem Jackson as well. I don't think he's signed yet, Alex, has he? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so I go with some of those. Arjun, stop saying names that don't make sense. Arjun, I'm going to fire you from our analytics segment. <laughs> um yeah i i mean I, I guess the only one that i can think of that's like a real connections kind of player is someone we talked about earlier in free agency is probably akeem hicks um it, i don't think they have a ton of utility for that anymore because they already got austin johnson and sebastian joseph day but um if you're just kind of looking for a connections guy whose value might be a little lower at this point in free agency than we thought it would be at the beginning then that's sort of um the name that i would think of um, I do like Arjun. Honestly, people are gonna hate me for saying this. Arjun, I I don't mind you saying Melvin Gordon. They need a running back too. Uh, Trey Turner, pass though. All right, Justin says if the Chargers go right tackle or something else, what are some third round wide receivers you guys would target in the draft? Alex, go for it. This is your thing. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I would love to go for someone like Sky Moore. Uh, you know, there's been talk of someone like Bo Melton in the third round mm -hmm. as well. I, I really, they, once you get to like the third round guys, I think it's all about kind of finding some, some speed and finesse to put in between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You're not going to go get like a Jamison Williams in the first round in this scenario or like a, a you know, real complete receiver like Chris Olave. So I think it's just someone who can fill in those roles. Um, yeah, but I definitely think the third round receiver talent in this draft is not to crap on Josh Palmer. I mean, I think he's good, but the third round draft talent in this class to me is like higher than the level it was last year. I thought last year's wide receiver class was very like top heavy with Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase and Waddle and all those guys at the top versus I think this is a little bit more uh, spread out. So I definitely think just in general, they can go get some third round guys that, uh, you know, would help them. Yeah, it's so hard to judge. You know, last year, I think I loved Deami Brown and so did Steven. We're like, yeah, second round target sounds good. And I think he went, what, fourth, fifth round. Um, guys like Des Fitzpatrick, I liked. He got drafted and was cut immediately. It's so hard to tell in the third round who's really going to be there. Um, I'm going to circle back to Bo Melton, though, because I haven't watched him. But I wanted, I'm, I'm going to assume, Alex, that you've watched him. Am I correct? You've watched Rutgers, um, Bo Melton? Yeah, <laughs> I've, okay, I've watched too much Rutgers football. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, no, I mean, he was one of the reasons that I was very excited he got an invite to the Senior Bowl because I was like, you know, he's probably a guy that would go sixth, seventh round undrafted if, if he hadn't, and now he's kind of shooting up the boards. But he just has that quick twitch to his game, can mm -hmm. kind of run every route you ask him to. Um, I think his physical profile is why he's not going to ultimately go, like, really high like someone like Christian Watson will. Um, but sure. to me, I, I still think he's going to be, you know, one of the top... Uh, interesting if he's gonna be one of the top 10 receivers taken probably probably somewhere between that 10 to 15 range though uh and i think he's gonna go higher do you remember uh, he, he, um i actually don't remember his combine off the top of my head uh give me a second to look that up but i mean i mean obviously his big testing thing was the the senior bowl uh and doing mm -hmm. that and yeah i don't have his ras off the top of my head though yeah, I know Brett Coleman, EJ Snyder, those guys are talking about Bo Melton as, as one of the best of like the second tier. You know, they have, I don't know exactly what their grouping is. I think of the second or third tier, they had Olave at the top, of course, but then they had, they're talking about Sky Moore and Calvin Austin and Bo Melton altogether. Yeah. I haven't watched Sky Moore. I haven't watched Bo Melton. So I couldn't tell you if that's reasonable yeah. or not. But so, uh, Bo, Mel Bo Melton has a lot of green on his chart. <laughs> I just looked at it right now, that's good. but he ran a 4 3 4 40. Um, which is, you know, I mean, pretty, pretty crazy speed there, uh, has all green in terms of the speed categories, but, you know, kind of got dinged with the, the height and weight at the beginning, but scored a 9.21, uh, RAS score. Cool. All right. 
Frank Blakely, thank you so much for your support. He wants to know, do you think all our 10 draft picks make the team? Lots of depth needs, but do you guys see that happening? Um, I don't see them making all 10 picks. I, I still think there's probably going to be a point where they decide to trade up the draft. Um, this could be in a later round. I mean, if you have like three seventh round picks, you can pro- you know figure out a way to package that and move up in the fifth round if you want or something like that. Um, but I don't think they end up signing all 10 players and they could still move in free agency. I don't actually know what the total number of players they have rostered is right now. Um, I would assume uh, they have a pretty full roster. I think the assumption for when they calculate like cap space needed for draft picks is that the 10 picks will replace the 10 guys on the roster or whatever, or just a, a spot that's not been filled yet. So, right. Um, yeah. We yeah. need Ar- Arjun. Tell me about cap stuff. Don't, don't ask <laughs> me about that. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't think they end up making all 10 picks just because of the kind of guys they signed and the free agency that they, they did. Um, but you know, it's always possible that they, they do go make 10 draft picks as far as like, what's the idea that like one of them is cut in training camp or something. I think that's possible when you have three seventh round picks and you have, uh, you know, all, plus you have to consider the undrafted free agency guys. And I, I think there's a, decently high chance at least one of those guys makes the team which has kind of been a chargers tradition so um i don't think all 10 draft picks make the team and i don't know if they end up making all 10 picks anyway it's just so hard to judge what they'll do because those round seven picks are all worth like one point each and there's just no no trade value and i talked about oh back to my powerpoint i look at that um you know the compensatory picks that they got they're only worth 7.2 combined which doesn't really like their fifth round pick is worth twenty five. Yeah. Um, so it's it's barely worth a compensatory sixth to take all those compensatory picks and move up. So I, I don't buy the. I just feel like the the pick itself and uh, not owning a player. What's the word I'm looking for? Having a player on your roster is worth more than the trade value of the pick itself. So I think they do make all their picks. I don't know if they move up because they just. They have a lot of picks, but they don't really have a lot of ammo to move up. Like it's a low caliber bullet. It's not really not do anything with it. So I, I think they keep all their picks, whether they make it or not, or whether they all make the team or not is a whole nother story. I didn't think they would all make it last year. And they did. They had eight. Although one was yeah. the third round pick compensatory I, pick. I, I, yeah, I think so. 10. Your, your PowerPoint has come in pretty handy today, Tyler. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I should make more of these. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Wrong Speedy says, without a second round pick, are we completely out of the Calvin Austin sweepstakes? Probably. At this point, unless they want to trade up into the second round. Um, but yeah, I don't know if they are going to want to sacrifice their capital when, I mean, that's one of those situations where you have 10 picks and you can trade up. Um, but yeah, I would say how Calvin Austin tested probably takes him out of that second round range. Yeah, it just depends on how the league views him. It depends how the league views him and then the class around him. So if it's like, well, I can get a more prototypical wide receiver sized guy like let's say Bo Melton, Sky Moore, Khalil Shakir, or whatever you want later on, then they could pass on Calvin Austin for a more known... Calvin Austin's two inches shorter than me. I ain't playing in the NFL anytime soon. (laughs) Now, I also don't run a 4-3. 
uh, unfortunately. More like a 4-4. Not kidding. But I, I'd, I think the Chargers are out of it because I think Calvin Austin gets to the third round. I just don't think they'll get to their point in, in the right. third round. I think someone is going to bet on that upside and make sure they get it before they end day two. Yeah, and I think the the, the Tyreek Hill thing is so big too, just because I, there are GMs that are going to convince themselves, rightly or wrongly, in the end of the day, that he is their Tyreek Hill. He is their weapon. Um, and I think that's just such an attractive thing to, to have as a GM. So I think... Um, you know, his stock, you know, could go up even further than it is now just because of people talking him, uh, talking themselves into him because of how he tested. Yeah, I would say the Chargers are most likely out of the Calvin Austin sweepstakes, but anything could happen. Crazy things yeah. happen. Yep. Um, all right. Jason says, what edge options do we still have? um are, are we just we're just talking about free agency here mm-hmm. uh let's start yeah. with free agency and then move into the draft okay i mean trey flowers is kind of the guy if they wanted to do that um yeah there, there's not a whole lot left for them um i sort of brought up carl Nassib as a guy that i think could be interesting if they just wanted to put him in like that kyler fackrell role um, and just roll with him as like edge three. But if you're looking for a guy who's going to be like potentially an edge two, like if Khalil Mack goes down or something like that, I, I don't think there's a whole lot left for them at this point. Um, you know, it's a lot of older guys just currently on the market who are looking to find things. And because of the lack of like uh, pass rush productivity, for example, I don't think that Brand Staley would have any interest in someone like Jadavion Clowney. Um, don't think they're going to get a Melvin Ingram back. Um, I, I think you're really looking at re- a rotational piece at this point. Um, Mor- Morgan Fox would be kind of interesting if they want to do that, although he's been playing more of the interior but can play edge as well. Um, but yeah, I think really when you're looking at edge, it's someone who's going to be an edge three, just purely rotational option at this point. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to go for someone who's going to be like a high impact free agency guy. Yeah, I think Kavino mentioned Morgan Fox yesterday. So that's, I haven't, I don't know much about him, but if he wants a guy who can kind of reduce more inside and, and maybe open up something else, that's great. I know Stevens mentioned Tack McKinley over and over again. I, I've not watched him, couldn't tell you about him. Yeah, problem with Tack McKinley is he tore his Achilles in like December, though. That's right. I thought that was the yeah. other guy who tore his Achilles. Just... No, that, that was McKinley because I, I brought that up to Steven in the chat and he's like, oh, I just found out he tore his Achilles yesterday because no one was watching uh, the Falcons or whatever. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I, I think, yeah, I think technically is probably done or, you know, he could be back just before it starts season, but I don't think they'd take that chance. Guys, do we think that Hicks is still an option for the Chargers? Um, no, unless they somehow think he's a developmental or not developmental, a backup rotational guy, which they don't. I think Akeem Hicks is yeah. a starter at this point. If there's an injury, and then they want to sign Akeem Hicks during the season if he's not signed, sure. But they're going to force the issue with Jerry Tillery. We know with Kenneth Murray, Jerry Tillery, really all their first-rounders, they're going to force the issue with those guys, whether we like it or not. So Jerry Tillery is going to start. Sebastian Joseph Day is going to start. Austin Johnson was paid way too much money to not start. So those three are your starters along the interior. I don't think Akeem Hicks is an option for them unless someone gets hurt. Or it's a complete dramatic change with how they feel about Jerry Tillery which I don't buy happening anytime soon. Yeah, I don't buy that happening either. I think Akeem Hicks is probably off the board now because of, yeah, you know, uh, primarily the Austin Johnson signing, like Tyler mentioned. Um, it, anything's possible, and he does have those connections, but at this point, I, I feel like he's a little bit redundant in terms of what they would want to do. Um, I, I think the only kind of, like, free agent tackle they would go for or like interior guy would be like the the option that they potentially had in like Fletcher Cox of like, okay, well, we just can't pass up this value um, that's being thrown at us if they were to have pursued that at the time. But I think Akeem Hicks, I don't think the NFL views him as a backup, but he's going to be signed late anyway. So he'll probably have at least one or two more starting seasons. So I think that takes him out of the Chargers uh, potential unless his value just really has cratered. Tyler mentioned possibly signing Hicks later on in the season if he's still available. But do you guys think that he actually will be available during the season? No. I like him up? Yeah, um, I don't know if there's like a specific team, but I just think he's probably gonna be in that like second wave of free agency, um, potentially like after the draft. 
uh, where teams just go, hey, we haven't filled the defensive tackle. We still need somebody there. Um, I still think he's going to probably start for another year or two. So for me, it's in theory possible. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think his value. And, and also, I don't think he would ha- go into the season unsigned if he doesn't get a starting role. I think if anything, he would take some kind of backup role or contract somewhere if he can't get that starting job, um, whether that's with the Chargers or not. Yeah, I don't think he's available during the season uh, unless there's something we don't know about. And this is a medical thing that we don't know about, which is possible. I don't think he's an option during the season, but after the draft, maybe. James C in the chat says, does a Darwin James extension lower his cap hit this year? Arjun, if you're listening, can you answer that question? I'm going to say yes. I, but... I actually don't think so. Um, I'm 50-50 on this one, though, but I think it's because he's on the fifth-year option. It doesn't actually... Mm. I think if he was on his rookie deal or something like that, it would. But I think... Um, I think really the Derwin James contract extension would be if you give him like a four or five year deal, you lower the cap hit in the first two years and stuff like that. Um, I don't think it does it this year. I could be wrong on that though. Okay. Well, um, y'all will have to double check with Arjun on that because we are not positive. (laughs) All right. Wrong Speedy says over or under chargers winning the division outright with Hill out of the picture. Um. If you give me a percentage, maybe I can give you the over, like the whether I take over or under, but like if I'm just saying yes or no, um, <laughs> I, I'll say yes because, uh, hello, a Chargers fan. Uh, I think it'll happen. I just like, I actually think they can beat the Chiefs. I do think they can win the division. I just, I don't know, man. I, I've seen this team too many times and who knows. I mean, I, I think they're definitely in a better position now with the Tyreek Hill thing. Um, I, I just think the Chiefs kind of will still be the Chiefs. I don't think they'll be quite the same team in terms of what they are in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And I still am kind of going to bet on that in addition to Travis Kelsey. Uh, if their defense does take a dip, though, and they don't have Tyreek Hill to bail them out, then I think it could potentially get like ugly for the Chiefs in terms of like being a you know second, maybe third place team in this division. But I don't think it's the time yet. Um, you know, plus you have to consider the you know improvements that the Broncos and the Raiders have made. So I, you know, I wouldn't bet on it. I would probably go under. Yeah, I think that the race for the AFC West is going to be a lot tighter, but you brought up a good point with the additions that the other teams are making. Competition is still going to be there. It's going to mm-hmm. be tight. Okay, moving on, Johan says that he wouldn't add another free agent until the draft passes. Let's imagine that Stingley falls and he's there at 17. Would you take him? Mm, No, because I don't need a CB5 to be a first rounder. (laughs) Right, that that gets you into what, like, uh, yeah, I, that's tough. I, I think if you sign Gilmore, that probably takes you out of the cornerback conversation just because at that point you would have had signed Jay-Z Jackson and Stefan Gilmore, but also depends on the length of what the contract they give Gilmore is, because I would assume it would probably be like a somewhere between a one and three year deal as opposed to like something super long term. So, I mean, you could make the case that like, well, I mean, hey, they just gave these contracts to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and we're still talking about wide receiver all day. So, you know, in theory, why can't you do the same for corner? Um I wouldn't take Stingley because personally, while I like his skill set, I am very concerned about his health. Um, and he is sort of the Caleb Farley for me of the draft this year. Uh, while I do see the the upside and, and the tape from 2019, uh, I just I don't think you can bet on it uh, with the concerns that are out there. Jason A says, doesn't Max restructure guarantee another pre-agent signing? Well, I'm going to say nothing is absolutely guaranteed in this no. world right now. <laughs> um, no. Well, another another free agent signing? Sure. Like, I think it does guarantee another free agent signing. But if you mean to the level that I think you're implying, no. I think it, I actually just think it means three more guys for one, two million dollars. I think they need to find some depth. And I think they will. You know, Christian Covington was signed in, what, August last year? Now they're going to do all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think it guarantees 
a free agent signing because it could be any it could be a nine hundred fifty thousand dollar player um but i don't think it's gonna be to the level that everyone's expecting no i don't think it's gonna be to the level everyone's expecting either unless the value of like a matthew or gilmore goes way down past what we're expecting um but yeah i i think they will still take advantage of the second wave of free agency and there's guys they can go get but um i don't think khalil max guaranteed another signing um although you know it gave them some maneuverability if something does become kind of open all right so desato says is a trade for saquon barkley at all possible or reasonable um it's possible and reasonable but also dumb so you shouldn't want it to happen <laughs> how is it reasonable um, and dumb <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, like it, me it, but it's, like why is this not <laughs> it it's reasonable in the sense that they need another running back i don't think it's it makes sense for that person to be saquon barkley given his health concerns um and you know the injuries that have racked up I sort of did a video on Bradbury and, and Barkley before, but mm-hmm. Barkley's, yeah, I mean, numbers in terms of the analytics have really taken a dip in terms of his explosiveness. Um, he still is like able to be the guy that, like, okay, I mean, like he's going to go, you know, five yards. And I, I just don't think he deals with contact very well at this point. That was pretty evident. And I think his speed's a lot slower. Um, I, I wouldn't really like a trade for Saquon Barkley at all, unless the Giants are just fire selling and are like, hey, here's like a six round pick. <laughs> like, here's Saquon Barkley. Sure, I'll take that in that case. But I think for the value they expect in a Saquon return, um, I think it's too risky. And he only has one year left on his deal anyway. Um, so, you know, you're kind of leveraging a pretty high pick either this year or next year for a running back who's been injured and has lost a lot of his explosiveness and you're making a bet that he's going to gain it back uh, all in one year. And even if he does gain that explosiveness back, then you're talking about him probably pricing himself out of the team and then moving on next year. So like, I just don't think it makes a ton of sense as a rental, uh, even with the concerns. Side note, the chat has me laughing on the inside right now. Frank hasn't seen Tyler's mom super chat yet, so he wants to make sure he's got money for lunch. Aww. Very caring guy. Appreciate Thank you, it, Frank. Frank. Thank you, Frank. And it's then nice we <laughs> we did get the Mama Shun chat though. Yes, right we after did. Frank. Thank you for the shout out. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Hi, mom. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Frank, for the the money for my lunch money. Uh, you know, things are getting expensive here in California, of course. Uh, you know, I, I like rice. It's pretty cheap, but I can't keep eating that for the rest of my life. So your $5 really helps. And then, Mom, thank you for the Super Chat as well, as always. $5? I mean, that, I don't know. I don't know the cost of ramen packets in California, but that, that's a, it's enough for them. Yeah, we, we hit inflation. It's now a dollar and five cents. So yeah. now it's really expensive. <laughs> that's like the, the dollar 25 cents store. Yeah. Might not be enough in a couple weeks, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, no kidding. Oof. Again, we appreciate you all support. Thanks so much. Vince wants to know, who's our kick return specialist this year? <laughs> I I feel like ironically and unironically, Larry Roundtree is somehow the answer to that question in oh, the end. Oh, God. Oh, but like, God. Tell oh, me I'm God. not wrong, Alex, that that wouldn't happen. <laughs> like, Let's justify <laughs> keeping one of these or both running backs on the roster. Um, so I, I could see that. I don't think they'll do that. They've had interest in who was it, Alex Carter? DeAndre Carter. Yeah. Uh yeah. the yeah, the wide receiver from Washington. Uh he was their kick return specialist. So uh no, I mean he's an interesting guy just in terms of speed. Um I still think, I mean, we haven't heard a lot about Andre Roberts at this point, and it seems like he's kind of gonna be one of those second wave of free agency guys as well for those that don't find their kick return specialist in the next few weeks of the draft. Um I'd still bet on it being Andre Roberts, although the the Ryan Ficken special teams, uh, you know, coordinator stuff could just want a clean house in general. And um, it's worth pointing out, uh, I forget his name, but he did find a running back in last year's draft off the top of my head, and he was their main kick returner for Minnesota. So maybe mm-hmm. they really do think that uh, the, the draft is kind of their key there. But um, I'd still bet on it being Andre Roberts for now, especially because his value hasn't been super high. That's who I'd bet on too. What do you make of? Oh my God! What was I about to ask? Well, never mind. There goes my brain for. What, what do I make of Roundtree being the kicker turn specialist? I don't make no, it. Please, it was, please. Uh... <laughs> sure. What What do you make of that, Alex? Let's hear your answer. I'm sure it's a. Uh... 
No, uh, I I saw it for like three games last year, oh, and I was I was done with that experiment. <laughs> yeah, we tried that. Um, okay, so everyone's asking about Joe Reed. Do you think this new regime or the new special teams group that is can get him to go at least try out for returner? Because we we again a fan versus coaching or an organization thing. We think he can do it. We thought he could do it, and then I went to the first day of training camp, and we all saw Reed wasn't even involved with returning the football. So. Is, do you think that they could get the most out of him and and try that this year, or do you think he's kind of a lost cause? I well, I think he's kind of a training camp body at this point, especially because he wasn't drafted by this current administration. I think that sort of leaves him being the odd man out. Um, I really wish he wasn't injured last year, so then we could have seen you know something from him. But I think they've all but kind of written him off at this point. Yeah, I I don't see much of a Joe Reed resurgence coming. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Who are you guys valuing more? Elam, McDuffie, or Booth from Clinton Zins? <sighs> Who do I think Telesco value more between Elam, McDuffie, and Booth? Uh, I will say I think they have a couple of people on their defensive coaching staff that have connections to Washington. So it's possible that that's someone that they would value, I guess, more, want more. Oh, so they have, never mind. So Shane Davis, assistant offensive line coach at Washington, but that was before them. Oh, John Timu, that's who it is. John Timu was the grad assistant uh, for Washington for the last two seasons before this one. So 2019, 2020. So there's something, I'm just saying like they, the Chargers really value connections. And so I think that's possible. Um, Kai Irlam went to some school, some Florida school. I'm kidding. Yeah, some some Gator Nation school. I am a Florida grad, so I am a little biased there. Yeah. Um, who would they value more? I I haven't watched McDuffie all the way through, so I couldn't really tell you. Yeah, I mean, I think out of this group, it's probably McDuffie, just because I think he's kind of the most versatile because he can play in the slot. He can play in safety. Sometimes he can play just straight up man corner. Um, you know, they do value. I wonder how they view the Asante Samuel jr. Thing though, because if you have Asante Samuel jr. And then McDuffie, who's also kind of lacking size, I wonder if they think that that kind of makes them a little bit of liable on defense. Um, Booth is very scheme diverse too, though. So I would say out of that group, I'd probably go, uh, for who Telesco and Staley would want, probably one McDuffie, two Booth, three Elam. All right, I'm guessing this is Tyler's dad. Maybe. It is Tyler's dad. <laughs> Shout out to Tyler's parents today. They don't want yeah. you to go hungry, buddy. I appreciate <laughs> it. I I wish I would go hungry. I'd lose some weight. Uh, so <laughs> you could stop sending me money. So I could lose some weight. That'd be great. Uh, maybe a ramen <laughs> diet would do do some good for me. Maybe so. It might not be good for your sodium intake, though. So. That's fine. That's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to see 90, honestly. The charges will kill me before that. Aw. Okay, Thomas Martinez says, who do you think wins the battle between Kelly and Roundtree, assuming they draft RB2 and don't keep both? We all lose. That's, <laughs> that's the answer. Yeah, Alex, I just want you to answer this one. I just I want you to take full. Go for it. Um... I mean, I think Joshua Kelly is the better running back at this point, but I mean, I think that he was just so like meh last year in addition to like the fumble concerns and stuff from before. Um, I think probably given this coaching staff Roundtree and the ability, the belief that they've shown in him at points, but I really don't know if they have a lot of confidence in either of them because they kind of alternated healthy scratches last year based on what the matchup was. So I, I guess I would lean towards Roundtree because this administration drafted him, but I, I don't feel very strongly about that at all. And at this point, if I had to pick, I would pick Joshua Kelly, but that's also like just asking me which finger would I like to slice off. I mean, I 
<laughs> both of these are loser running back two situations. Maddie, what was it like watching? I don't know if you watched Florida, but what was it like watching Damian Pierce? Because Steven's a huge fan of Pierce, and I know you talked to Sycamore about him a little bit. So what's kind of the, the sentiment on him? Well, first off, of course, I watched Florida Gator football. It wasn't very pretty last season, but I did watch um, Damian Pierce. He's he's a baller, and Sycamore was very high on him, and I am as well. I've personally mm. talked to him before. Great guy, great player. I'm obviously not a first rounder, but he's gonna mm -hmm. land somewhere and he's gonna be an asset to a team. Yeah, awesome. I know Steven said that somebody said to him that they're the Chargers are interested in Peters. They like him. Yeah. Who? What? I don't know. Nobody ever told me that. But um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think Damian Pierce would be interesting. This sort of goes what to, and what Steven was saying when we did our running back rankings of like, well, maybe the Chargers don't like need a bruiser, but at this point they just need talent. I mean, in the, in the running back room behind Austin Eckler. And I don't think it really matters if you go get uh, a more bruiser type, more finesse runner type. Um, at, at this point, I just think they need someone to kind of carry the load behind Austin Eckler. And I, I, I think given the nature of this question, it can't really be Kelly or Roundtree. Um, so whether you want to take Damian Pierce or Tyler's uh, 14th favorite running back, Jerome, <laughs> Jerome Ford, <laughs> uh, you know, either of those would be up for Sorry. I'll go watch more, Alex. I apologize. I'll, 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 I'll see if I can. Um, okay, I do want to have like a tiebreaker question. I want to hijack the chat for once. Team Ariza, let's say the Chargers need a punter. Maddie, you're going to just set this for everybody. What is the round you should take a punter like Ariza? What is the highest you should take one? This is a huge question. The pressure is on. Pressure is on. <laughs> I think whenever you take a punter in the draft, you're probably going to get some flack. Um, mm -hmm. Highest round, but they're important. They are important. They can be game changers. So mm -hmm. punters are people too, like the saying goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say the highest you should take one. The absolute highest is probably fifth round, but to me that's pretty high still. Okay, that's a good answer. I think everyone would appreciate that answer. That's a good answer, but Steven's coming back into the in the show right now. Steven doesn't believe that punters are people. You should take them in the ninth round. <laughs> They're people too, whether we like to admit it or not. <laughs> They're just invaluable. Oh, mom, wow. <laughs> I think my mom sent in a super chat just to beat my dad Okay, for super chat money sent in uh yeah cool have, have had it guys uh you know <laughs> i uh went to dinner last night with my fiance so you know if you want to just pay for it at this point uh go for it uh, i'm more than happy to have that bill paid for at this point i can pay for my drinks at the bar <laughs> but no, Alex. <laughs> we drink water here yeah okay. no wait i did a coors light sponsorship for blue wire so, <laughs> so um yeah if you ever liked the uh cold taste of <laughs> the cold taste light of the, coors yeah. light when the mountains turn blue, you know your beer is cold. So make sure you go get your Coors Light. Please drink responsibly. If the if the mango shot of absolute vodka that I drank last night would like to sponsor this show, I would appreciate it. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> yeah, so what is it? What did you? What gross drink did you have? No, they had these like flavored shots. So they had like a raspberry one. They had a mango one. And I just kind of lost track at a certain point. But <laughs> there was a vanilla one. Oh man, <laughs> Jeez, Alex. <laughs> Um, yeah, I got home at like 5:30 last night. So, you know, we're we're sort of rebounding the show today. Um <laughs> There's a lot of competition in the chat with your parents there, Tyler. Oh my god. So, there's new over from your mom too. Thanks for the super sticker. Appreciate Jeez, it. So I think god. you're going to be able to afford more than ramen now, Tyler. Yeah, yeah I think I'm going to have like udon or something now. Like I'll go out and get some like udon or pho or whatever. Um yeah, so my my mom Hit the game-winning field goal, I think. I think she pulled off the improbable, hit that game-winning field goal at the last, at the end of regulation or in overtime, and uh, I think she wins. So, mom and dad, thank you. Dad, good effort, but you uh, you pulled the Chargers. A lot of good effort, but you lost in the end. I'm happy. I'm happy Tyler's parents support his endeavors, unlike mine. <laughs> <laughs> do your parents know you have a podcast alex my mom knows about it uh i don't know if she's super supportive of it but she understands <laughs> right on. but yeah 
All right. I am trying to find a good question for us. I saw earlier, can't seem to find it now, but the people want to know what nickname we're giving Justin Herbert. There's Any no ideas? nickname. There's no nickname. His name's just Justin. I, I, Herbie, it, it all sounds lame. I'm sorry. Just call him by his name. <laughs> like, this um, is like when people tried to give a name to Philip Rivers. I'm like, his name's just Philip Rivers. I did like, uh, I did like Felipe Rios, but that was all right. Uh, other than that, though, uh, no, I don't, I don't really like nicknames for either of them. Yeah. You know, some people call him like Rainbow. I'll go with like Rainbow Sherbert because like he's throwing rainbows. Oh. Uh, that's awful. Uh, but whatever, if you're asking me to do something, but yeah, Justin Herbert, I like, um, if you're like, uh, Benjamin Albright, your nickname for him is alcoholic. Oh, um, Jesus. So, so that could be one. Um, so you can call him like Jaeger bomb if you want, when he's throwing bombs. Um, yeah, that's a whole other, that's a whole other story. Are you, are you still, are you still blocked from Albright's Twitter? Oh yeah. 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 Because I, I dared question why he would say that Herbert was an al- a drinker. He he never he never he never blocked me even though I came for him I don't know why but <laughs> we were caught in the crossfire there and uh, Tyler's mom has clarified that uh, she will uh, adopt me. No. <laughs> okay, guys. Supercharger twenty one ninety seven wants to know: Can Tillery be the answer at edge three? Alex on three. One, two, three. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the the Tillery at edge thing was kind of like fun in 2020 because people were like oh could he do it and then no <laughs> like the Raiders game in 2020 was like one of the worst things I've ever seen he got like one sack on Derek Carr and then they just let Devontae Booker run for 500 yards because Jerry Tillery was on the edge and they just kept running at him every play um no Tillery can't be the answer at edge three Kenneth Murray is not the answer at edge three even though maybe they think he is um please just find actual edge players to play edge instead of just trying to retrofit guys to do it. Um, I, I just also don't think Tillery and Murray have like that high end, like athleticism that Brandon Staley wants in his edges on this team. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Tillery Tillery situational role for now is, is probably the best case scenario for him. If they want to break him out, I, I don't think he's the answer at edge three at all. All right. Um, what are our thoughts on penning? According to Johan Dobon, excuse my pronunciation there, not the best. Uh, penning had 16 penalties last year against some weak competition. Do we think that's a player that the Chargers are still going to want? I mean, th- th- as early as soon as I watched him, not that the stats always mean everything, but you watch a guy get 16 penalties uh, playing for Northern Iowa. And it's like, that's really not, that's only, I guess one penalty a game if you go to the NFL or whatever. But I just, that just, it, I, I worry about that because watching them, it wasn't just like a false start or holding as much as like wrapping his arm or well, holding, but arms around his guy's neck, you know, illegal blocks. He's a guy that I don't want to say he plays dirty, but he's a player that the NFL could, that the refs could classify sort of as a dirty player because of how he, you know, he knocks guys in the back or when the, the play's not even going towards them. He's just kind of violent in that way. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, this is why I'm not sold on him at 17. I think the Chargers could take him at 17, but those penalties against weak competition and him getting schooled by like Ioma Uwazurike, who was, he was like a fifth round, fourth round pick at this point, he got beat by him pretty good. And I, I definitely have my concerns. Yeah, I have my concerns as well. I do still think they would want him because of the prospect he is and the raw the raw tools that he has there to to be able to develop into a you know basically starting you know star tackle uh, on this team. But it, it it's interesting because I think our such of our our discussion is centered because of Rashawn Slater last year a little bit, who was one of the most like pro ready tackle prospects that we had seen in like a number of years. And now we're kind of like, well, penning or, you know, potentially other players, but none of those guys are as ready or as good as Sewell and Slater were last year. So I think you sort of have to temper your expectations a little bit. If you're expecting one of those kinds of players, penning is not that yet. Um, but I also don't think he necessarily needs to be um, out the gate. And, you know, Staley's also been, of, of the mindset that you can coach out tendencies as well. 
Thank you, Giovanni, for the pronunciation and the question. We appreciate it. I will get it right next time. Okay, Justin, aka Solite, thank you for the donation. Who would be a better draft pick, Jamison Williams, Penning, or Olave? I'm going to go Williams here. What are you guys thinking? I agree. Mm. I would go with Jamison Williams. As long as everything's cleared, of course, I would go with Jamison Williams. Yeah, I, I'd say if everything's cleared medically, probably Williams. Although, if you want to be kind of risk averse, like I, I do think that Olave is a good substitute in the sense that he, <laughs> it, I mean, he's one of the best route runners in this class as well. Um, doesn't have quite that top end athleticism that Jameson Williams does. But if you wanted to be a little bit risk averse, I think that you can make the argument that's the better draft pick considering the health history, Jameson Williams. But he's still young as well. So I, I would lean Jameson here too. Does Kyle Hamilton make sense for us if he's there at 17? If he's there at 17, I will be shocked. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't buy the talk of him falling as much. I mean, it's certainly possible, but I think it's more just like, like I said earlier, other teams trying to get him to fall to 17 or other teams trying to get him to fall uh, to, to where they are in the draft. But I still think at the end of the day, he's going to be, uh, a top 10 player does he make sense i mean yeah like at that point he would be best player available although i guess it kind of depends on what they want to do with derwin james as well because i think you could kind of make it a little bit complicated if you have like both of those players playing the same role although you can do some more interesting stuff and move kyle hamilton around um the defense like he was used in college in that sort of isaiah simmons type of way uh so i would say yeah, he makes sense if he's there, but I, I don't buy that he's going to be there. Matt People... Nicholson. Go ahead. Uh, I th he makes sense to be there. Am I way behind? Uh, you just cut out there, but I think you said uh, he, he makes sense, but he won't be there, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Matt Nicholson says that because of the affinity with Georgia players, could that lead them to draft Dean at number 17? That doesn't mm. have a nice ring to it. Yeah, uh, it's possible. I mean, we, we haven't talked about linebacker a lot um, just because, I mean, this is a, well, the previous administration with Lynn and Telesco obviously took Kenneth Murray in the first round. Um it's possible. I, I still think that they want to see what they have in Kenneth Murray. They want to see kind of what they have in this group in general. Um, and I don't see them spending another first round pick on that one. But if they decide that they're out on Kenneth Murray, then I think it's certainly possible that they go for Nicobe Dean or, or, or Devin Lloyd uh, type player if they're there. But yeah, no, I think this goes back to the whole valuing running, uh, valuing linebackers thing. It's It's not so much that they let Kaiser walk because they thought he was, I mean, they did let Kaiser walk because they thought he was replaceable, but I don't think they're going to replace him with some top tier talent, right? Like as Steven has talked about how like mm -hmm. Troy reader was the best running, best linebacker on the Rams when Staley was there, or, you know, uh, even last year, like um, it was someone like Kaiser white who, you know, prior to last year was not this like big name player and the league still doesn't value him as a big name player as evidenced kind of by the Eagles um, contract that he got. So I, I don't see them replacing Kaiser with a first round pick. Yeah, I don't think that would ever happen with this regime because it's Georgia. Like, I think we do. Like, if, if Nicobe Dean didn't go to Georgia, I think we wouldn't really consider it as much. But Staley seems to have this. He's drafted Georgia players, seems to think highly of them. They just He just did a talk there, which doesn't always mean anything. But that seems to be kind of potentially the new Notre Dame for this regime, whereas Telesco always went to those Notre Dame guys. Um, I think there are guys later on in the draft. I haven't gone through all those later guys, but we're going to do that episode tomorrow. And there's a lot of inside guys that do their roles were just to attack the line of scrimmage. Like they, if you just told them to blitz every time and that was kind of their role, not really, but that's kind of what it seemed like. Not even as much processing as much as shoot the gap, attack the line of scrimmage, attack the quarterback. And I think Staley would find someone because there's, there's 25 linebackers in this class with an RAS score over nine. Like they, there's so many guys you can find later on that are very athletic, very fast, who can just do what Staley wants. And if Kenneth Murray's the dime linebacker anyway, 
I think for the most part, they're just going to find a guy day three. All right, y'all, we are about out of time, but I do want to give a quick shout out to Envy Talent. He's been pretty active in the chat today. We appreciate mm -hmm. all your support. Apparently, he wants to know my all-time favorite charger and uh, also the charger's color scheme. Not sure. I think, he, I think he means your your favorite charger's color scheme out of their current ones. Okay. Um, I like the blue and yellow. It's bright. It's happy. Mm -hmm. It's cheerful. It's positive. When it comes to all-time favorite charger, hmm. I think I'm going to go Antonio Gates here. He okay. played basketball in college, and he was the underdog, an undrafted free agent, and then went on to have the career that he did. Mm -hmm. Pretty impressive. I'm going to choose the underdog here. What are y'all's all-time favorites? It's impossible for me not to say Philip Rivers. I mean, I just feel like he was such a part of my childhood, you know, was there for everything. And uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say anything other than him. Obviously, LT is an answer here, too. Um, but I feel like he was kind of there for a shorter amount of time, you know, at his peak. So I would say because of longevity and because of how long he was here and what he meant to the team, uh, Philip Rivers. Yeah, I'll go with uh, Philip Rivers as well, kind of boring answer but uh, <laughs> yeah it's like I, I was born in 95 and i grew up yeah. philip rivers like when we started playing football or liking football philip rivers is the quarterback of my favorite team so definitely him good choices but frank says that he will see about getting antonio on the pod please pretty please. cool yeah if you want to just not send me five dollar super chats and get antonio <laughs> gates on the pod instead that's completely fine yeah. frank yes <laughs> All right, guys, we're about out of time. That was a lot of fun. I just want to say thanks to all the Chargers fans for tuning in this Saturday morning. And thanks for welcoming me to the GAC squad. Happy to be here, guys. Yeah. All right, we are signing off. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.